The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic, telling the heavens we have too much fear and too much pain. Looking at ourselves and our world, we see both aggression and passivity, and both can be traced to fear. What do we fear? Pain, and the infinite forms that pain can take. Physical pain from illness, accidents, aging, childbirth, and violence. Emotional pain from being squelched, abandoned, or shamed. Our own pain and the pain of others including other animals, maybe even the plant life, going through drought and death. Pain is an epidemic in our world, and that epidemic then causes another epidemic, fear. Fear of existence, fear of what could happen, fear of what is happening, fear of what could happen again, fear of God. The more we feel pain, the more we feel fear, and the more we need to find ways to cope. But our coping mechanisms often create more pain and more fear. We withdraw, deny, dominate, manipulate, hide, sell ourselves out, or scare others away. Then we're alone. What can we do? Stop denying, stop pretending the Creator is perfect, get real, and look for answers. And now, here's Beth from the Inside Out. Hi, welcome to Inside Out, the Inner Revolution. And here we are today talking about fear and pain. Uh, which doesn't sound very revolutionary, but is a very important thing. I mean, just talking about it is revolutionary (laughs) and confronting it is revolutionary. And it's so much of what really kind of motivates us to go through an inner revolution. So uh, we have so much to talk about today. Um, And we are definitely asking for you guys to call in. Um, So, James, why don't you give out that number uh, and then I'd like to tell you about three things, two pieces of news and a workshop. But let's give out that number first. Yes, uh, please call us at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Well, we at uh, the organization that we used to call the Stream Center for the New Spirituality have changed our name yet again <laughs> to theinnerrevolution.org. And, of course, uh, our radio show, Inside Out, is the voice of the inner revolution. And then we're going to have, you know, still my Beth Green uh, TV on YouTube is the channel for the Inner Revolution, and our organization is called the innerrevolution.org, and we are even getting our URL set up and all that stuff. And we have just been activated, motivated. We're so excited, and we hope that some of you are going to get activated and motivated too. So the first thing I want to tell you about is, guys, are there any guys out there listening or any women who know guys? Now, you're going to love this. We are having a one-day retreat, which you can do by the Internet or in person. 
uh, in person in Southern California, even though we're up here in Oregon, but the rest of it is going to be by video conference. And the topic is men and the inner revolution, what's our part? And I'm going to read this to you, okay? So sit down, relax. (sighs) This is what we say. We all know that unrestrained male ego has been a large part of the world's problems. We feel driven to compete. We've traditionally tried to dominate women and children, one another, animals, the earth. Oh, and yes, let's not forget war, greed, rape, and general mayhem. But hey, if we are such a big part of the problem, we can also be a big part of the solution. The fundamental solution to our human problems is a new consciousness where we learn to feel good through cooperation with one another and all, and where we habitually demonstrate care, compassion, and responsibility for the earth and the resources that we steward. So the question is, can we do it? We already are. Come to our one-day workshop where we see how we are each contributing to the inner revolution that can save our earth and transform our lives. Let's strengthen ourselves by strengthening one another. Let's heal the fear and traumas that make our egos run amok. Now, I love this line. Which is, uh, let me see. Let's heal the fear and try. Yes, and let's turn. Okay, let me do this again. Okay, I got distracted. Not that that could ever happen to Beth Green. But let's heal the fear and traumas that make our egos run amok. And let's turn the male ego from the parody of pride, combativeness, and emotional avoidance into a force of male power and will dedicated to the highest good. Now, guys, guys, you know, it's so true. If you, you know, if you watch TV or the movies or whatever, I mean, you see men parroting the each other, you know, about the machismo and that, but some, some guys take it real seriously, you know, but that competitiveness, that drive, that desire to be on top, the bullying of each other and all of that pain, that's just the ego run amok to, protect you and uh there's there's a better way and wouldn't it be incredible if the male the males on the planet could stop oppressing each other and the women (laughs) and really get together and start supporting the inner revolution to be well and to connect and to have compassion and to move forward and i think we have examples of that so anyway you You are invited, and if you're a woman listening to this, tell your guy about this. You can find it on the BethGreen.org website. Go to BethGreen.org and look for workshops and upcoming events, and you can see this. It is Sunday, and it is uh, May 31st from 9.30 to 4 Pacific time, and you can do it in person or online via the Internet video conference. Check it out. I'll be there as usual, and I just want to say we all of us men really need this big time. The male ego is so into competing, so much into trying to be one-up, all the rest, and that just doesn't work. It works so much better when you can uh, connect with people and uh, just feel more of a wholeness and a sharedness. Yeah, yeah, and you know who's leading this retreat, this men's retreat, is no one other than yours truly. And I have been, I have been, this is a, this is true. I have been leading men's retreats for, since the 1980s. Once you're there, you completely forget that I'm not a man because 
uh, the reason that I do these is that I have this incredible intuitive power and I can really help people to change. And so uh, these retreats are absolutely great. And I'm also thrilled to see that we already have a caller on the line, but he's going to have to hold uh, because I have to do the news part, but I'm so thrilled that he called. But please hold on there. So this is our nose for the news part that uh, James always provides me. These are hopefully advances in the inner revolution regarding, uh, you know, whatever. And this time we have two pieces of news. One is standing up for... Uh, uh, religious tolerance and for human differences in the expression of love. And this article, James found it on the MSN News on May 17th. And uh, it's very cool. It's, I'm a Mormon mom taking a stand for all the gay kids in our church. And this is about a woman named Diane Oviatt, pediatric nurse for 35 years. And here's the little blurb on this. In the Church of the Latter-day Saints, acting on homosexual feelings through marriage is understood to be a sin. It's, you're okay to be gay, you just can't act on it. See, that's sinful. You can't have sex, in other words. Gay Mormons are expected to remain celibate or marry someone of the opposite sex. Now, this is the way they, I mean, this is what James has found through his research. Again, whenever we announce something on Inside Out, we're always open to the possibility that, hey, it's not accurate, but we do our best. And a Mormon mom, Diane Oviatt, is rebelling against the church authority and speaking out against those church dictates. See, there's the inner revolution. She felt that her son had to leave the church in order to follow his path as a gay man. And she saw his despair over the knowledge that the plan of happiness that he had been taught by the church to strive for, which included the opportunity for temple marriage and parenthood, the plan that is the bedrock of their theology, it would be impossible for him to attain as his authentic self. In other words, he's being brought up to think that marriage is the bedrock, right, for a happy life. And um, he can't do it because he's gay unless he marries a woman. And, oh, believe me, uh, as, a, as a counselor for all these years, I mean, I have seen disaster after disaster where gay people marry, pe- uh, you know, into a heterosexual relationship in order to look heterosexual. I mean, it's just, it, it has terrible, devastating impact. So, uh, this woman wondered if she would be able to stay with a theology that had unintentionally made her child feel inherently unworthy of God's choicest blessings. And so, here's what she said. This is a quote. I had no answers back in 2007. I guess that's when she first found out. But I have answers now, and they are loud and clear, and not just for my child, but for all the gay kids I have learned to advocate for. I want to find every struggling gay Mormon child and cup their faces in my hands and tell them how, much, how loved they are, as they are. After having a front row seat to the anguish of my own beloved child, I must work to prevent others from having to face a potentially even more perilous situation wherein their church leaders or even their own families reject them because this does happen. It happens in our church. So if that isn't the inner revolution, I don't know. And uh, so she is standing up against the tyranny of authority. And she says, no, I know that this is wrong. And God bless her. And now, this is another fascinating story. This is about 
further advances of the inner revolution in the arena of the criminal justice system. You know, we've been talking about this, about the incredible number of people, especially black people who are imprisoned in the U.S. Well, we need to find out more about this. This came from an article at opendemocracy.net on May 19th. 2015. Can the prison system be transformed? And this is a story by Amali Rowan Leach. Of course, we cannot confirm or deny, but we can tell you what the reference is. And this is what it says that James, uh, you know, synopsis that he gave me. Given that the U.S. warehouses now dig this, are you ready? 25% of the world's prison population. I mean, I cannot verify that as a fact, but this is what the article says. Given that the U.S. warehouses 25% of the world's prison population, while comprising a mere 5% of the world's total population, reform is long overdue. Well, we all know that reform is long overdue for the prison systems. Okay, but regardless of where you live, the Cut 50 initiative launched in March of this year provides a clarion call to reframe how we see, we, we see ourselves and each other in the emerging landscape of justice. And it's like a hash sign or a number sign, Cut 50. So you can check into this if you want to. Aims, they aim to reduce the incarcerated population of the U.S. by 50% over the next 10 years by convening unlikely allies, communicating a powerful new ele- uh, narrative, and elevating proven solutions such as restorative justice and youth empowerment programs that provide jobs and skills. Now, this is what the article says, and I want to know more about this. Recent successes in both red and blue states prove that it is possible to reduce incarceration rates successfully while achieving better outcomes, saving money, and protecting public safety. These programs have already demonstrated a reduction of recidivism, which means people who go back to jail, uh, to 8% compared to national averages of 65% to 70%, and I'd love to see those statistics and where they come from. Gregory Ruprecht's work in Colorado is another showing how police officers with conventional views of justice, lock them up and throw away the key, can change over time as a result of direct experience of the alternatives. In Ruprecht's case, the turning point was his arrest of a group of 10 and 11-year-old boys who had broken into a chemical plant. Instead of charging them with a felony, he agreed to take part in a series of restorative justice circles that were designed to bring the boys into direct contact with the people they had harmed, along with their parents and a trained facilitator. At the end of the process, the boys signed a legal agreement, listing how they were going to set things right, ensuring accountability without having to process yet more people through the justice system and eventually into prison. Now, what is fascinating about this is we, in the inner revolution, we teach accountability. We have to all become accountable for our behavior. And this is what we need to teach everybody. We have to be accountable. Everybody has to be accountable. And that's what our show is going to be about today, how the gods have to be accountable too. And, you know, teaching people accountability is so much better than punishing if it works. And so there it is. And then there is just one more piece that I want to share that uh, James sent over is um, Shaka Senghor, who spent seven out of his 19 years in prison. He spent 19 years in prison. He spent seven of them in solitary confinement, is a spokesperson for the Cut 50 initiative. Convicted of the murder of a fellow drug dealer, Senghor was incarcerated in a bare Six foot by eight foot excuse for human habitation. Human contact, if it ever happens, was administered as if an animal was being handled, replete with leashes and five point change. 
This organization carries a powerful moral and political message. A, a culture of punishment run amok is destroying the fabric of society. It's time to end it. And this guy said in his TED Talk, he did a TED Talk, you can check it out, why your worst deeds should, don't define you. And it has received over one million views. I mean, this is all part of the inner revolution, is that we're taking a look at these institutions that are not working, and we're saying, you know, duh, these aren't working. Why don't we try something else? And we're looking for other kinds of solutions. And we're calling on people to be accountable. And we're looking to ourselves and one another. I really want to know more about this organization and this guy. And as we find out, we will bring you the news. Because, you know, we've seen it in ourselves. We don't need punishment. We need rehabilitation. I, uh, you know, when the father swats the child in a fit of rage for because the child did something, the child becomes resentful and either passive or they go out and they start torturing others. We see it so much in bullies. You know, I've seen it over and over. The biggest bully on the block is the one who's getting beat up by his dad. You know, so punishment is is stupid. It's and it doesn't go along with our religious or spiritual beliefs. I mean, we don't know what to do. Those of us who are Christian, you know, like they, we believe in forgiveness, and yet we're so scared of being damaged by people who are out of control. And yet, there's got to be a way which is called accountability. In my book, Living with Reality, uh, which you can get free on the website, just sign up for our newsletter, you know, I talk about accountability and what are we accountable for and how do we become accountable and how to make amends and how to make restitution. Um, I just want to say one more thing on this topic. South Africa is an example of after the overthrow of apartheid, instead of having the blacks go out and kill all the white people, <laughs> which is what the white people were afraid of, they started these circles of restitution. I forget what they called them in South Africa, where they really confronted people on this is what you did. And, you know, that's a very, very powerful tool. And for the most part, it worked. I mean, it brought a nation together that could have been ripped apart by an incredible amount of violence. So we know that for ourselves. We try to teach our children um, to consequences for their behavior, but also to see, look what you did and look how that hurt somebody. We're trying to teach people consciousness. You can't use punishment as a way of teaching consciousness. We need to teach consciousness instead. And I love that people are trying to experiment with this very thing. So we are going to go to commercial break right now. I know that we have our first caller on hold. As soon as we get uh, back from break, we're going to call on Bob. And we're going to start talking about the whole issue that I'm raising today, which is that we have to tell the heavens. You know, it's not enough to punish humanity, to smite us, to make us, ter- you know, to cause us pain. We're already in pain. We need help. We need consciousness. We don't need more punishment. We don't need more fear. It is the fear of pain that makes us self-protective and makes us get into our egos and start protecting ourselves and hurting one another. So we're going to break now. Stick around. 
Revolutionize your life and your world with a new attitude and a new way of being. Learn how at www.bethgreen.org. At Beth's website, you will find effective tools, processes, teachings, and more to help you become the person you want to be and co-create the world you want to live in. Sign up for Beth's newsletter and get a free PDF of her comprehensive book, Living with Reality, a manual for living with real answers and proven tools. Book a private 15-minute consultation with Beth that will astound you with its depth and transformative power. Learn about Beth's other books, YouTube channel, School of Intuitive Counseling, music, upcoming workshops, trainings, and remarkable community. The Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which offers all kinds of help, including low-fee counseling and free support. The inner revolution requires us to heal our hearts and awaken our minds. Find both at Beth's website. Again, that's BethGreen.org. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're tuned in to Inside Out, Voice of the Inner Revolution, with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To share your questions and comments, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi there. Welcome back to Inside Out. So today... We are getting over our fear of talking back to the big daddy in the sky. Those of us who have a big daddy in the sky, not everybody believes in a God. But for those people who do believe in God, usually we're taught that we're supposed to praise God and accept everything. And if, you know, bad things happen to us, it's either to teach us a lesson or because we've been bad or we're sinful or whatever. And what I have to say is that humanity is not making a lot of progress because we're already in a lot of fear and we have a lot of fear of pain. And the design of our you know, human existence is flawed as far as I'm concerned because we all suffer from too much pain and that makes us very defensive and that makes us more aggressive or it makes us passive. And, and, the, and we can see so much of that is what's at the root of our problems. Now, you don't have to believe in God to, you know, to listen to this show, but we will all want to talk to the powers that be, and those of us who do have some spirituality, we want to talk to uh, the heavens as well as the earth and say, we have too much pain, and this is a problem. And speaking of pain, our first caller today is Bob from Escondido. Welcome, Bob. Yes. Hi, Beth. Hi. Hi, thank you for waiting. Oh, no problem. <laughs> uh, and thank you for the 15 minutes today. That was incredible. Just Oh, he's talking, he was talking about it. He did a 15 minutes with Beth today, which is the private consultation that I offer that you can get to on BethGreen.org. And thank you, Bob. <laughs> I, I'm very glad to hear that. Very glad. So uh, what would you like to share today? Well, I would like to share a lot. At first, I was moved by the uh, the woman who was actually fighting for her son. Yes. Uh, and I think that's, uh, you know, I was, I was moved to tears, which I've not moved to tears very often. And uh, and I, 
what we what I got out of our earlier session was that uh, I've been living in fear uh, from my mother for a very long time. That she would uh, she would kick me out, abandon me, uh, and and uh, it's affected my life in such a way that uh, you know I've I've been in pain and fear. Uh, yeah. And and haven't been self-expressed, and uh, you know I've I've been restrained, and uh, so it's it was so wonderful to uh, wonderful and sad at the same time to see that. Uh, yeah. You know, and I'm I'm still a little flattened by it, but. Uh, it was it was so good to see that that I can now you know I can see a future now that I I don't have to do that and and my mother's dead she died a year ago uh, but it all makes so much more sense now you know it's uh, it's like all the pieces I've been looking for have unraveled I didn't actually want to see some of the pieces but wow you know they're there and they're there to look at and and. You know, it's consistent throughout our lives together. When you say our, you mean your, yours and your mother's? Mine and my mother's, yeah. Yeah. Yes, and you know, in, in a family, often uh, one of the parents becomes the model for who God is, right? Yeah, and I, and, I do believe that was my mother. Yes, I, I think that's right. And, um, and it was in your case, and I, I hope you don't mind me just sharing a little bit. No, uh, okay, in your case, uh, Bob, this is a woman who looked incredibly passive and sweet. So it right. looks like you have this really sweet God, but underneath it, you have this fear that she's going to kick you out if yeah. you make any trouble. And you have a real reason for that. I and mean, we were able to get back to the root of that, you know, which was when he was one year old, uh, because I have this intuitive ability to help people to get back into their experiences. And isn't that really the paradox? You know, as people are walking around trying to believe that God and the universe and the heavens are all benevolent because really they're so scared of life. You know, it's like, Oh my God, life is so scary. Uh, I've got to get somebody on my side. Who is it that looks like the biggest, uh, you know, the God of my life? And how am I going to appease that God and learn how to manipulate that God so that God will take care of me? And so you, in your case, you learned how to not express yourself just to get your mother to keep you around. And you would never... Know, know it because she has this benevolent uh, passive kind of personality look and yet underneath it it was so clear that she could get rid of you and she was willing to get rid of you so it's a kind of piercing through the denial of the reality of what your experience was I mean that's the thing that's so difficult as a counselor not just as a spiritual teacher I see it all the time that people create and maintain a certain image of whoever their godparent is, just like we do with God, in order to f- figure out, in order to maintain some relationship with that figure in the hopes that they will protect us. And of course, all it does is 
stifle us, make us stupid, and just completely obliterate common sense, um, and and make us uh, unwilling to face the realities and look squarely at the way things are. I mean, if anybody really doubts me, look at the world. I mean, what do you think? Do you think yeah. that this world, the way it is, was designed by some incredibly all-powerful, benevolent creator with nothing but love in his heart? I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I, I, don't get, I don't get how anybody can maintain that idea. That's like the, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the woman who's married to the wife beater who says, yes, but I love him and he, lo- he really loves me. He really loves me, right? And you, yeah. it, you know, and it's so we're so afraid to open our minds. And this is what I'm teaching, like in my last video on YouTube on Beth Green TV, I say to people, um, you know, confront the tyranny of what you already think you know, and confront all the gods that you've created in your mind. I, I just read an article. By the way, we don't have any other callers, so uh, feel free to call in, guys. But this is great because it's giving me a chance to talk to Bob. <laughs> uh, I just wrote an article recently on the Huffington Post. It's a blog. And if you're interested in it, you can just go to the Huffington Post and you r- type in the name Beth Green, at G-R-E-E-N, and you'll see my latest blog is called... Um, uh, what is it called? <laughs> the inter- the, uh, yeah, remember the uh, about oh, the Muslims? It's not, yeah, right, that's it. It's not just Muslims. We all need to debunk our sacred texts and beliefs. You know, I talk about all the different ways that we can get caught up, different Bibles, different religions. You know, we can't even question them. Don't think, don't question. Don't, and I cannot tell you how many venomous, vicious, uh, uh, you know, responses I got. However, despite all of that, we have gotten that article has been shared almost eight hundred and fifty times in just in a few days, because people on the inside are really fed up with this kind of it's so because I said so. And so the God of the Bible of the Old Testament says, I am God and this is the way it is and you should listen to me. And so people, when they tell me that I should listen to God, they quote the God of the Bible that says that I should listen to him. I mean, that's like the father coming to the table and saying, uh, and you say to them, why do I need to do this? And he says, because I said so. <laughs> and, and it's the same that people are saying, I'm going to hell because I question the Quran, or I question the, uh, you know, the Bible, or any sacred text that we have, anything we make up as being sacred. I even talk about the Constitution and how the Constitution has had to evolve because our thinking has to evolve. And I get into, you know, other aspects of this in the, in the blog. But the, the point is that people just, it, it, it hits a chord in people of fear that they can't allow themselves to think. And we cannot be free if we cannot think. So 
whether it's the personal situation like Bob is talking about, is that he wasn't able to be honest about how his mother was. Not to say she wasn't also a loving and caring woman, but that very important piece about uh, his fear of her throwing him out, he could not face that. He could not see that. And facing that and see that, seeing that allowed him in our redo in his session to really confront his mother. And that's what we're doing today with, quote, Father God and the heavens and the saints and the masters and whoever the angels and all those, you know, supposedly benign uh, and benevolent figures are up there. If you even exist, I think you better take a look at what you've done down here. (laughs) And uh, I think you better uh, listen to what we have to say. We are trying. You know, if just giving us the edict that we're supposed to shape up were enough, then we would have shaped up years ago when we first got the... Old Testament, because the Old Testament God was busy smiting us and punishing us, right? And I love the fact that in the New Testament, there was an evolution. But you see, they say God is not evolving. And yet you can see this huge evolution in consciousness between the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'm not saying the New Testament is a perfect document either. That also needs to be questioned. It was also written by human beings. So and in all of that, I mean, there are human elements of what we see and what we understand and what we know. But beyond that, I want us all to look at the pain of this world, to understand that the terrible things that people do to one another is because we're all scared of being dominated or suppressed by each other or something horrible going to happen to us or some pain will be inflicted upon us. And we're not well enough to have that calm, peaceful, loving beingness that allows us to be kind and loving and supportive and helpful to other people. I when I see somebody as being cruel to a child or to an inmate, a prison inmate, or cruel to anybody, when really cruel, I'm not just talking about holding people accountable, I, I know that that person has been damaged and that they have a need to do that. So we have another caller, but Bob, it's great that you called in, that you proved that you can call into Inside Out, even if you aren't a regular caller. <laughs> and um, well, this so makes my third time on the show, you know. Third time in uh, a year and a half. I Let's hear from you. Yeah. Let's hear from you again. Loved your call. Thank you so much. Thanks. Okay. We have a couple minutes before our break, and Irene from Fallbrook is on the line. Welcome, Irene, to Inside Out the Inner Revolution. Oh. Uh, hi, Beth and James. Uh, I was just experiencing how the pain of being a parent who, as a child, was raised to not question beliefs, and then as a parent being caught in the, uh, the belief that to be a good parent, I had to dominate my children and make them behave in some way. And also feeling the hopelessness about that of of knowing I really couldn't do that, and, well, you, and you, you not could, knowing what else to do. You know, like 
talk when to you, them. When you say couldn't, you mean you couldn't get your children to do what you wanted or that you didn't have it in your heart to do that? Both. In other words, I couldn't get them to do it, and I didn't know what else to do ex- mm-hmm. except to make them behave. And yeah. so I was, I was stuck in this big pretending that I actually was a competent parent when I knew I wasn't, and I also didn't know how to, what else to do. Mm-hmm. So I, because I was so stuck in this, in this not questioning that belief of what I thought a parent should be, I think. Well, I really like what you're saying, Irene, and I think that we need a new paradigm of parenting. And one of the things that happened, of course, is in reaction to the other paradigm of parenting was, well, we we got beat up by our parents or told to do what we were told or whatever. And then the next generation, uh, I wasn't treated that way, by the way. But see, I was a perfect kid. I never did anything. I mean, I just, I, I, I was so yeah. good that I never did anything wrong. Nobody had to beat me up, but my brother got hit. You know, I saw him, the yeah. rambunctious one. He got hit, and I was yeah, just, I, hey, yeah. never even happened to I, me. Yeah, I had the same thing. I was, I was younger, so I saw what happened to the older ones and chose just to be submissive. Right, or to align ourselves with God. I mean, that's a lot of what I did. It's like, whoever is the God in the family, I'm on your side. Well, you know, I've broken that. Mm -hmm. That's pretty obvious. But anyway, um, I think then we went to another extreme where parents were afraid to discipline their children and thought of discipline as oppression. And uh, they didn't want to treat their children the way they had been treated. And so then you had the, uh, the generations of children who grew up without any discipline. And that did not teach them self-discipline, and they didn't really learn accountability. You know, I just hate it when I'm in the supermarket, and there's a woman whose kid is running around screaming at the top of her lungs, and uh, the, the mother occasionally says, now, now, dear, you know. And there's no consequence, and that child, nobody's talking to the child. It's not really helping the child yeah. understand what the impact of its behavior is on everybody. No one's teaching it how to be different. It's just being allowed. And so there were generations of children who grew up without the sense of accountability and consequences. And that wasn't good either. And I think that one of the things that we're all doing now is we're learning how to live and how to communicate. I think, you know, again, the Living with Reality book has so much in it about how we can talk to people without separating from them and and by connecting to them and saying, you know, I understand why you're yelling and screaming. You're probably bored. And you know something? I'm bored too and my feet hurt. <laughs> but supposing I was sitting here yelling, uh, supposing I was standing here yelling and screaming and running around, uh, I couldn't do the shopping and we'd get home and you wouldn't be eating. What do you think of that? I mean, this is just a silly example that just came to my mind. Yeah. But maybe it's not a silly example. We, we relate to people. That's how, we, yeah. how people change is we talk to them. We relate to them. We help them to understand how their behavior is impacting themselves and other people. And we have faith that people have a capacity to understand and grow. 
So uh, we need to take our next commercial break, but I, I loved your call. Thank you so much, Irene, for calling. And I have to announce on the radio that for the last couple of times that Irene called, she did not talk about herself, and she did this time. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for calling. Thank you. Okay. Uh-huh. And we have another caller, but before that, we're going to break. And you stick around because I want us all to start talking to the heavens. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Revolutionize your life and your world with a new attitude and a new way of being. Learn how at www.bethgreen.org. At Beth's website, you will find effective tools, processes, teachings, and more to help you become the person you want to be and co-create the world you want to live in. Sign up for Beth's newsletter and get a free PDF of her comprehensive book, Living with Reality, a manual for living with real answers and proven tools. Book a private 15-minute consultation with Beth that will astound you with its depth and transformative power. Learn about Beth's other books, YouTube channel, School of Intuitive Counseling, music, upcoming workshops, trainings, and remarkable community. The Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which offers all kinds of help, including low-fee counseling and free support. The inner revolution requires us to heal our hearts and awaken our minds. Find both at Beth's website. Again, that's BethGreen.org. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You're tuned in to Inside Out, Voice of the Inner Revolution with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To share your questions and comments, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi there. Welcome back to Inside Out, the inner revolution. Before we go on, I just want to remind people, I am not saying humanity is innocent or that we are not accountable we are accountable, just like the children are accountable. I'm, what I am saying is that it is painfully difficult and excruciatingly slow, and it will maybe never happen, for humanity to change because we are so darn traumatized and that we need to express to the heavens that we need a lot of help down here because we're messed up and that this design is not working and, you know, Hey, take a look at your part, right? Okay, James has something to say, and then we have some callers. Yes, I want to follow up on that. Uh, uh, what we've been dealing with here is we've carried a one-dimensional view of God, of just benevolent, all-knowing, helpful, pray to God, get your prayers answered, all that stuff. When in fact, now what we're talking about is another dimension of God, that let's hold God accountable for all, all the... See, God is the totality of everything, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right and, so, and so what we're saying here is it's time for us to grow up, to claim our adulthood, to stop being a child in relation to a parent God, and to say, wait a minute, you're accountable for this universe too, and, you're, and, and we need to talk about this, and we, we need to work together to co-create something better. Yes, right on. And some people get confused. You know, they can't believe that you can be spiritual and have common sense. <laughs> and they, say, they immediately assume I'm an atheist. I don't know what they're talking about. 
I am not an atheist. Not that there's anything wrong with being an atheist. I just happen not to be an atheist. I'm a spiritual teacher. I'm not saying that uh, there is no God. I'm saying that there is some higher consciousness that is in the process of evolution, and we need to call upon all that higher consciousness to work with us co-creatively to make a better world for ourselves, and this would be better for the heavens too. I mean, what are they doing up there? You know, taking heroin so that they don't notice what's going on down here, They're in, you know, in the ohm forever. Now we have Christine from Bonzel. Hello there. Hello, I have to come after the heroin in the heavens comment, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> are, are you thinking that the, the few people who were listening have now hung up? Is that- uh, I don't know. I was actually hoping Helen would call in because I just found out about this NPR um, podcast um, that she had shared that I listened to, and it's about research that is showing a huge link um, between childhood trauma yes. and um, health problems. Uh-huh. And actually, I think the research was done like 20 years ago, but they uh-huh. couldn't get anyone to publish it. Oh. And that's because it, he couldn't like definitively show causation. It was just yeah. like overwhelmingly coincidental, I guess. Right. Uh, he was showing correlation rather correlation, than causation. Correlation, exactly, not causation. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I believe it. And, um, and I was just thinking for myself, like when you talked about, you know, we have pain and then we, we develop ways of protecting ourselves from future pain. And I think then that's what I've done and live in a state of fear. Yes. And, you know, I've spent so much energy in my life protecting myself from potential future pain. Yes. And what it's done is it's really limited my ability to think. Yes. And to have my own um, point of view. Yes. I mean, I can remember even the days when I didn't even know, like, I'd be, you know, going, dating some guy and be like, where do you want to go to dinner? And I wouldn't know. Like, I want right. to go to wherever is going to get me out of the situation safely. <laughs> In every case, safely meaning, like, I'm, I'm loved, I'm admired, I'm liked, I'm whatever yeah. it is. I'm trying to get yeah. out of that situation that I think will yeah. have me be safe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I, you know, may know where I want to go to dinner, but still, there's other things. <laughs> And um, I noticed, um, I went and I, you know, I looked at your um, Huffington Post article and I read it and I liked it. And I noticed some of the comments are just like, like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it brings up, um, at first, it brought up like a fear in me. And also, I, what I was noticing though is I, I tend to think for some reason that negative opinions are more valid than positive ones? Yes. And I don't know where that comes from. Like, they are more powerful. So that's your perception. Yes, exactly. So that must have been... Actually, that in the Huffington Post, in the comments, there were way more negative opinions than positive ones. So you may have just been overwhelmed by all the negative energy that was being... Yeah, it definitely. Yeah, maybe if there were like... 200 positive ones and like 50 negative ones that would have seemed different. Yeah, so we have like 306 comments already and let's say 
uh, you know, two thirds are vile and mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. telling telling me that I'm going to burn in hell. And then some of them are lukewarm. And then there's a few positives in there. And then the rest are my responses. So there it is. It's so maybe you feel this, you know, the that fear about th- that's what's going on in people's heads. They they don't not only do they not want to think, they don't want me to think. Right. And they're threatening me with going to hell for thinking and right. for questioning the Lord. I would like to ask you a question, though, Christine, because mm-hmm. I love what you're saying. What would you like to say to God right now? If God were listening, which God is listening, because God is the totality and God is everywhere, which means that God is the nose on your face, right? And you know, guys, yeah, I, I would teach say, the evolving God. Um, we need to be able to think. We need less fear and less pain. Yeah. It just keeps us crippled. Yeah. You know, the way we're designed. The way we're, we're very, designed is pretty. We're very sensitive. Human up. beings. Yeah. Here's, here's the reality. Human beings are extremely sensitive, whether you're talking about health issues or mental health issues, mm-hmm. you know, emotional health issues. The, there's such a or it's obvious correlation between mental health and trauma. And, um, you know, very few of us really were raised in a healthy environment because our parents weren't raised in healthy environments and their parents weren't raised in healthy environments. Whether you're talking about big social dislocations like refugees or bombings mm-hmm. or, you know, or Nazism or whatever it is that we're going through, you know, that we're, we're there is so much in the personal, the drunken father or the, you know, drug addicted mother. That people are raised very traumatic situations, and people are super, super sensitive, mm-hmm. and they draw conclusions. I should say we, because I am a people, and we draw <laughs> conclusions from those experiences about what to do in order to survive, and those conclusions that we draw have you know, gotten us to behave in certain ways that do not support us, and every time you try to heal uh, those kind of traumas, you can see the roots and the and what has happened from the roots of those traumas of how people have lived their whole lives. And then on top of that, then they have a whole life that they have to look back at and say, oh my God, look at all the irrational decisions that I made because of that. And then you have to face the pain of that. And a lot of people at that point, they give up. They're, uh, and I'm going to do a show called Dare to Heal. Or I think I may mm. do a video on this about what the courage that it takes to actually go back and heal these traumas and to look at all of this stuff and face it ah, and start healing so that we can become more well. So we need a lot of healing. And this is what I'm saying about the design of the universe is that from the very beginning of our existence, there was always the saber-toothed tiger to be afraid of. There is some man out there with a club ready to club us on the head or... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We've we've always had pain. Women have had childbirth. You know, it was very painful. Uh, you know, illnesses. You get your foot caught, you know, and twisted when you're trying to run for your life, you know, thousands of years ago. I mean, we've all had, even if it's just, you know, it's not even the stuff like that human beings create, like wars and stuff like that. We've all had tremendous amount of pain and illness and physical, emotional and we are sensitive and we have become very distorted and dysfunctional because of it. 
So thank you for your voice. We have one more caller, and I want to give her a chance to speak, too. But thank you. Thank you. Elizabeth, you're on. You've got two minutes. I had no idea how close we were to closing. Okay. (laughs) Hi, Beth and Jane. Um, Hello. Can I go right into what I would tell God or ask him? Yes, go right (laughs) to it. You know, I write along with, you know, we have so much pain. We don't need any more pain. Can you help us, God, help those of us who are trying to help others, empower us more, help us bring more clarity, help anybody else who has any inkling of wanting to help others to get the resources and tools and the teachers and the support they need to help them uh, get the, the learning and tools they need to help even more people so that we've got more and more people helping others. Yes, Yes, and help us to have the courage to speak up and to confront you. Yes. You know, the, truly, the truly caring parent wants the child to learn how to think and speak and is willing to be held accountable and needs to be held accountable for their own, uh, their own evolution. God is evolving and our speaking up is part and parcel of God's evolution as well as our own. So I'd like to share one thing with you, Elizabeth, based on what you just said. I love it. I get up in the morning now. I used to say, dear God, good morning, God. And I hear God would say, good morning, Beth. And I'd say, you know, thank you for this day and for everything in it. And now when I get up in the morning, I say, good morning, universe. And the universe says, good morning, Beth. And I say, let's help each other today. Mm -hmm. Mm, Good one. And that is... So much, we and the heavens can be one when we come together in a dedication to evolution and to uh, a, a more humane, a more decent, a better school. Human beings need to be taught, but we don't need our teachers beating us. We need our teachers teaching us, and our teachers need to learn as well. So thank you so much for your call, Elizabeth. You're welcome. Thank you. I love the show. Thank you. Thank you. And James, we got to get going. Okay. Next week, our Inside Out will be on revolutionizing relationships, helping each other in healthy ways. We all need help, and most of us know that. But how can we help each other without giving ourselves away? The inner revolution unleashes our power to help one another in healthy ways because it trains us to overcome envy, anger, and self-centeredness, and it frees us from the motivation of looking nice or being liked. On this episode of Inside Out, we're going to ask you to think about how you can help another person or group without looking for praise or selling yourself out. It could be in a big way, a small way, or in a way that seems small but is really impactful. So join us for a stimulating conversation about this. And uh, tune in, call in, ask your questions, and let, uh, let's talk about how we can revolutionize our lives and our world. And now yeah. a word from Beth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all for it. I, well, I have to tell you, James, when you were uh, reading the description of next week's show, I started drifting off, like going away, which means that there is already a reaction to the topic. How can we help each other in healthy ways? I mean... How many of us have either been martyrs or dish rags or we've set boundaries or we're trying to and we get really lost in how can we actually help or some of us feel like I don't want to help anybody. I've got too many problems of my own. Tune in next week. The inner revolution marches on. Be part of it. Thank you. 
Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out, Voice of the Inner Revolution with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Think outside the box and have a great week.